We praise you, Lord, for Philip, blessed guide to Greek and Jew, and for young James the faithful, who heard and followed you. O grant us grace to know you, the way, the truth, the life, to wrestle with temptation, to triumph in the strife. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I grew up in a family that loves sports, and I love sports too. But maybe, like me, you have had a bitter taste put in your mouth as of late. Doesn't it seem as though our professional athletes are more interested in gloating and showboating than demonstrating true sportsmanship and those honorable qualities that we all looked up to? Doesn't it seem like money is driving everything, even the decisions made within various games, rather than heart and character? Again, those things that we used to look up to. And what about all the political and religious posturing? Would that LeBron James would just be quiet and play basketball. We'd all like him a lot more. And it is increasingly hard to respect athletes and professional sports leagues where the message is so clearly one that is contrary to Christ, to his scriptures, and to his church. It's almost as if we need new athletes to look up to and new heroes to set our eyes upon. And this is precisely what is given to us in the holy martyrs and saints of the Christian church. Today we set our eyes on two martyrs and saints, Saint Philip and Saint James, both apostles of Jesus, both who followed our Lord Jesus, who is the way, into the way that is the cross, martyrdom, death, and ultimately victorious eternal life. We need new athletes to look up to, spiritual athletes. But we also need to recognize what it is that God gives to us in the scriptures besides these athletes that we might look up to. He declares that each one of us is also a spiritual athlete. He does this in many and various ways in his word, and we're going to look at these things, even as we pattern our lives after Philip and James, who patterned their lives after Christ. These men who ran the race, fought the good fight, and wrestled against cosmic powers of darkness, and prevailed against all of it, not by their own righteousness, but by that righteousness credited to them in Jesus. Not by any worthiness or merit of their own, but solely by faith did they overcome. Because their faith, just like our faith, is in the, is in the one who did overcome. God has created us to be spiritual athletes and to quest after greatness. It's true no matter how young or how old you might be. And indeed, I tried not to make eye contact on that one. And indeed, it is a fact that our spiritual 
athletic accomplishments are all the greater the more aged we become. How so? We're fighting against that much more resistance in our flesh, in the decay and atrophy of our bodies and our minds, such that our accomplishments shine all the brighter. God has created us to engage in athletic struggle, faith growing stronger, faith enduring, even as the outward man perishes, the inner man being renewed day by day. Our faith in the one who has conquered Christ, who has won the greatest victory this world has ever known. And by faith, we receive his victory as our own. But more than this, we are called to participate in it. Imagine if Ryan Phelps first tied an anchor around his neck before swimming in the race. Or imagine if the quarterback, Tom Brady, actually used a fully inflated football. (laughs) Sorry. But this is not all that different than what Christ himself did. He tied the sins of you, the sins of me, the sins of the whole world around his neck, and he competed perfectly according to the rules, and he conquered. He outran in the great race Every single man, every single religious guru or leader, and more, angels and archangels, he conquered every last one of them to arrive in the winner's circle and be enthroned in heaven with the heavenly laurel and crown given to him. This true God, yes, but also true man. Christ wrestled too. Luther is so wonderful on this in his him for Easter, he sings of life and death contending, life embodied in Christ, death doing its worst to him on the cross. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended, but the victory remained with life. The reign of death is ended. Chrysostom, in his Paschal homily, puts it so beautifully too. It's as if death came up, ready to bully Christ, grabbed him by his human flesh, ready to trounce him just the way that death has trounced all human beings. But when he grabbed hold of the man, Jesus Christ, to his utter shock and surprise, he had grabbed hold of God. And God in human flesh gripped him back and trounced death for us. Christ runs, Christ wrestles, and oh yes, Christ fights. The ultimate boxing match, the sweetest science, as he squares off against Satan and leaves that ancient serpent with his head crushed in. The ultimate in MMA, spiritual mixed martial arts, a mortal battle indeed that Christ wins. And he wins so victoriously. He wins not in strength to strength, but in weakness. The weakness of the cross by which he overcomes the strength of the devil. And in a picture and in a sense, this trouncing of Christ trouncing the devil continues beyond the cross as he descends into hell 
breaking and bursting asunder the gates of hell, thrashing the place, causing Satan and all the wicked ones to cower, chaining up Satan and proclaiming his victory to all who are there. What we see in the life, death, descent, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is the single greatest spiritual athletic accomplishment conceivable. Imagine the control that he has over his body to suffer in silence upon the cross. Imagine the mastery of overcoming both body and mind, even as his nerves were screaming out against him, even as his mind was saying, this is unjust. Imagine the sheer determination and force of will to remain there and do what we needed him to do, lay down his life for us and for the life of the world. In holy baptism, Christ calls you to be spiritual Olympians. Indeed, it's why the early church, after baptizing you, would clothe you in the white robe, reminding you of, that you have been clothed in Christ's righteousness. But then they would take oil and rub it on your arms and on your legs. Why? Because that's exactly what the professional Olympians of the time did, that their bodies would be glistening as they competed. The early church signifying to each and every one of the baptized that you are now a spiritual athlete, a spiritual Olympian. As with all athletes, there are three things very important. What you do, what you eat, and what you know. What kind of Olympian athlete succeeds by having no plan whatsoever? No workout regimen, nothing, no athlete. This is why the Holy Catechism sets before us a training regimen, that every day we would wake up and make the sign of the cross, say, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Our Father. Then at breakfast, prayer. At lunch, prayer. At dinner, prayer. And again at night, confessing our sins, make the sign of the cross again. And practice death, closing our eyes and entrusting ourselves to Jesus that he will raise us in the morning, and if not in the morning, he will raise us from the grave. A spiritual training regimen given to you by the church. Not only what you do, but what you eat is important as an athlete. What kind of athlete pays no attention to his diet whatsoever? Even sumo wrestlers care. But what then are we to think of ourselves and the diet that we put into our souls? If it's nothing but the negativity and the despair of the news, or if it's nothing but politics and infighting and us versus them, or if it's nothing but Facebook and Instagram and the life that we're supposed to think we're supposed to live, then as spiritual athletes, why would we ever be surprised if eating all this junk food, we become spiritually unhealthy? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, our Lord Jesus says. We need this wholesome food daily. 
And we need to come here weekly to this table to receive his very body and blood into our mouths to strengthen us and build us up as athletes and conquerors in him. Because indeed we conquer Satan not by our own strength, but by the blood of Jesus here received that cleanses us from all our sins. It happens to be the case that as spiritual athletes, we can have acute and cataclysmic injuries. It also happens to be the case that we can have chronic injuries and illnesses. And for this, we need to lean into the church as our spiritual hospital and gymnasium. It's more than just Sunday morning. How many Olympic athletes are there who work two hours a week in order to become champions? But here the church has laid out many and various ways in which you can find healing and therapy and strengthening. We have many services. We have confession absolution. We have Bible studies almost every day of the week. It's time. God calls us to be spiritual Olympians. There are three different ways in which the scriptures speak about this. Running, wrestling, and boxing. The author of Hebrews says, let us lay aside every weight and those sins which so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This life is a great race. There are many and various laps, and sometimes we fall behind, but the race is what is laid out, and the great cloud of witnesses are filling the stadium Champions in their own right, cheering us on. To the Ephesians, St. Paul writes that we wrestle, grapple with the rulers and authorities of this present age. Not flesh and blood, but the cosmic powers of darkness. That's what you're up against. And how do you overcome them? By faith in the Lamb. We are runners, we are wrestlers, and we are boxers. So St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, Thus I fight, literally box, but not as one merely beating the air. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Running, wrestling, boxing. When we think of the Olympians, they do all of that for a perishable wreath, don't they? Have you ever thought of that? The years and years that go into their efforts only to compete and let's say they win a gold medal in the 2022 Beijing Games do you know how much one of those gold medals is worth? Less than $800. All that labor and all that effort for a little tiny perishable crown. But it's Chrysostom who points out to us how the opposite is true. These present sufferings, these little labors, not worthy to be compared to the glory and reward and crown, imperishable that we shall receive on the last day. To Timothy, Paul says, 
I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a laurel, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. The fight and race and wrestling match all lead us to the same place, and that is into the very heart of death itself. We heard Jesus say in the presence of both Philip and James, the younger, I am the way. To follow this way is to follow the one who leads us into death, that in him and with him and through him, we ourselves may be conquerors of death. For Philip, following the way of spiritual athleticism, following the way of Jesus, it led him to his own cross, as Philip was crucified in Hierapolis. For James the Younger, following the way of spiritual athleticism, the way of our Lord Jesus Christ, that way that leads into the heart of death and through it, he was led to a violent mob. One of the men picked up a launderer's club used to agitate the laundry and beat him to death with it. But Philip and James the Younger triumphed, victorious, retaining the faith unto death, and thus receiving the crown of eternal life. Passing through death, unscathed, they now live with Christ. Let us have men like these as our heroes. Let us learn to see ourselves and our children as spiritual Olympians in Christ Jesus. One of the mantras that's become increasingly frequent in my house is, I don't want my children to be earthly athletes. I want my children to be spiritual athletes. I want my children to conquer, as the book of Revelation says, by the word of their mouth, the testimony of Jesus Christ, and by the blood of the Lamb that cleanses us from all our sins. The goal of all of this spiritual athleticism is simple. It is all designed that we would keep our eyes on Jesus and follow him through death into the eternal winner's circle of the new heavens and the new earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.